You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. We're back in the saddle again. Back where a friend is a friend. Where if your name is Taylor, then Aggie hearts grow frailer. We're back in the saddle again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the only Auburn Equestrian podcast that you are currently listening to. I'm your host, Auburn Elvis, and as you can tell, I'm very excited that the Auburn Equestrian season has resumed. So, let's get right to it. Auburn went on the road and faced unranked UC Davis on Friday morning. The meet started off well, with Auburn generally getting the best rides in, but UC Davis hung around and did not quit, even though it was pretty evident that they were overmatched. Uh, Auburn went 3-2 and two in equitation over fences, with Taylor St. Jock winning MOP in that event. Uh, two Aggie riders actually had their best score of the season in this event, and that prevented Auburn from getting the 5-0 sweep uh, there. Uh, Auburn dominated the horsemanship event, which was next. They won that 4-1 to one with uh, Taylor Searles taking MOP in that. Again, uh, another UC Davis rider turned in her season best performance, and that stole a point away from us and kept us from sweeping that event. Um, but we had that 7-3 lead at the half, and the riding was pretty much on the wall that we were going to win it. Uh, in the next event up, Equitation on the Flat, Auburn took most of the points here, winning 4-1. to one. Taylor St. Jock won the MOP here. Uh, UC Davis uh, fought off being swept. Another girl turned in a season-high performance. Um, so after three events, Auburn had an insurmountable 11-4 to four lead. Uh, it could have easily been 15 to nothing if four U- UC Davis riders hadn't turned in their best dang rides of the season. And these weren't even their best riders either. These Most of these were like their number two or number three riders in the event. They were just riding out of their minds. It was a little crazy. Uh, anyway, at this point, we had won the day and only had raining to finish things up. Uh, but raining was a little disappointing for us. UC Davis uh, actually won that event 3-2. to two. Um, If one of their girls hadn't scored a zero on her ride, we might have actually lost by more. So it, we ended up the day with a 13-7 to seven victory, but it kind of felt like the same sort of finish that we had had at Oklahoma State. Actually, it was at UT Martin against Oklahoma State back in September. Uh, Once we had sealed that victory, we kind of let up and gave them, um, you know, or let them back in the game so that they could take away a moral victory from that. And then, you know, I imagine that same with Oklahoma State. Now UC Davis is going to use that. And if we have faced them in the national championship tournament or something, then now they're going to think they can beat us or something. So it would have been nice to crush them, but... Still, a win is a win, especially when you're on the road. 
I do want to point out some noteworthy freshman performances from Friday as well. Ava Stearns, Paige Matthews, uh, Olivia Tardoff, Maddie Spack, and Jen Casper all won points for Auburn. Uh, together, they had almost half of our points on Friday. So considering how much talent that there is on this Auburn team, the fact that we can put in that many freshmen into the ring and then have them deliver points for us, that shows how strong and deep Auburn is. Um, it's, it's basically why we are the top program in the sport right now. It's because of the strength of our recruiting. In a meet like this, most good programs would probably have three or fewer freshmen scoring points for them in competition. Uh, so Auburn is basically getting 60% more point production out of its freshman class than any other team is right now. And, and that's just amazing. So, you know, it's like, oh, you have three freshmen, uh, on your team that can score points. Well, that's nice because we've got five on our team. So, so yeah, it's like that. Now, before we recap Saturday's meet, I'm going to step back just a bit. We're going to go off on a little bit of a tangent, and I want to focus on the story of one of UC Davis's top rider. Uh, her name is Sabin Marquart. Now, Sabin is their best jumping seat rider, and she has a very interesting story that says a lot about the sport of team equestrian and how appealing it is for a lot of these athletes. Uh, Sabin is a senior over at UC Davis. She did a lot of competitive riding on up into high school, but then somewhere in high school, she kind of got burned out on the whole competition thing and gave up competing uh, completely. She actually chose UC Davis for her college because it did not have a varsity equestrian team at the time. Uh, I think they had club equestrian, so she actually was able to bring her horse with her to school, uh, but she mainly just focused on being in college, living the college life, and she did her riding sort of on the side without doing any competition. Um, now, about the same time, UC Davis was trying to start up an NCA team, and when that was all coming together, Saban was sort of uh, starting to miss that discipline and the routine of competition, so when the new team was announced, she tried out for it, and she made that team. Uh, she has since gone on to be their top jumping seat rider. Uh, she gave an interview to her, her school the other day, and she made a big point of talking about how much she really prefers the team aspect of NCEA equestrian over show com- competitions. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, uh, IHSA is this show type of equestrian competition where you really ride more as an individual. Everybody's score is matched up against everybody else's, so even the other riders on your team, uh, you're competing against them. So you are trying to get the most points for your team team, but you are also trying to beat up on your own teammates. And and not everybody likes that kind of competition where it's it's sort of like everyone for themselves. Um, and I think what Saban is talking about here is what's so cool about Team Equestrian and about Auburn Equestrian. Uh, when you talk to Greg Williams about what he's looking for in an Auburn rider, he is always saying someone who puts the team first. Well, this is what he is talking about. I think a lot of athletes enjoy competition, but prefer team competition where you are only supporting your teammates. You are not competing against them too. And if I can then, I guess, jump off onto another tangent uh, and address any Auburn riders who might be listening now, and I know some of y'all listen to this podcast, I hear things. One of my big deals that I always talk about is how valuable college athletics are to students because they provide a laboratory for practicing these social and technical skills in a very contained, competitive environment. And from this you know, practice and experimentation that you're doing, student athletes learn a lot about how to handle these similar situations uh, once they get out into, into real life, you know, after they leave Auburn. 
So listen up, ladies, because this right here is something that you can take advantage of and it's going to help you later in life. This this difference between individual competition and team competition is very similar to situations you're going to find in the workplace later in life. There are going to be some jobs where uh, it's just every person for themselves and you're competing against people in your own company. There are going to be others where everyone succeeds or fails together. So while you're here at Auburn and you're going through these years of team competition, competition and some of y'all do individual shows and rides on the side and you know and that's a very individual comp- competitive format take some time and think about what you do like or don't like about each of these situations think about how you perform and how these different types of competitions affect you because what you're going through at Auburn Equestrian is going to tell you a lot about how you might perform in similar situations in the real world and so the more you can take advantage of this little athletic laboratory that you're currently working in, the better prepared you're going to be for what lies ahead once you get outside of Auburn. So, you know, reading about Saban Marquardt over there at UC Davis, it made me think about all that and what an opportunity going through these different types of competitive riding can be to y'all, you Auburn ladies. So, all right, now let's talk about the Fresno State meet. Um, This one started out tight and it ended tight. Auburn took a 3-2 to two lead in fences, uh, but we really would have liked to have done a little bit better. Fresno State has a much better Western team than they do on the jumping seat side. So what we really wanted to do was uh, make up a lot of points in fences and flat. And uh, we didn't quite do that uh, in the fences. And just kind of, you know, we wanted to stay with them on the horsemanship side and, and really build that lead on the, uh, on the jumping seat. Fresno State actually took a two to one lead in the event. Um, and then uh, they had the highest score on the board when our final rider, Deanna Green, uh, took to the ring and she turned in the second best total of her season, uh, won the point, won the MOP honors, and basically kept Auburn out in front of the Bulldogs. And this was a big deal. This was a big point in the meet because if she hadn't gotten that point, we would have been in the hole by one point having to come from behind. And it would have really changed the character of this meet. It allowed us to continue to play from, from the front and not really have to um, live and die on every mistake like Fresno State did. You don't really want the number one team in the nation to be losing at halftime. So it was a really nice point, and and man, mad props to Deanna Green for that, because she scored a point right there when we needed it. I mean, all the ladies who scored a point certainly were responsible for the victory, but just given the situation and the timing, that one was very key in that Fresno uh, state meet. Now over in the second half, Auburn was again trying to build up a lead in the jumping events uh, and just sort of steal points where they could on the flat. Uh, I'm sorry, on the uh, in the reigning events. Um, so flat came up first, and again Fresno State kept things close in the uh, in the flat. Uh, they tied one point with us, and nobody got that one. And then they got two points themselves. So we ended up tying two all on the flat, which is not how you would expect that to go uh and then we went down to raining which actually is fresno state's best individual event is raining so a little tight here we still had that lead one point lead but if this is their best event you know you gotta have a little bit of worry about about the upset and auburn delivered when they need to taking three out of those five points um and and basically winning the meet 
uh, 10 to 8. So, man, it was tight. Uh, again, I wanted to point out how well our freshmen did. We had Ava Stearns, Paige Matthews, Maddie Spack, Olivia Tardoff, Kayla Shellnut, Jen Casper, all scoring points for Auburn. So, in this meet, a much tougher meet than the one before, the day before, our freshman class accounted for over half of our points. And if you look at how well Fresno State did with their freshmen, they had freshmen scoring three points for them. Our freshmen did twice as well well as their freshmen so amazing amazing the 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 strength of this program at auburn is just is is just unmatched i mean it's why we're number one is because of uh what a great job recruiting and just developing those young riders uh, that we've done here at auburn so let's talk about the elephant in the room fresno state has done amazingly well at home but have they done too well uh, they uh, have upset this year number two, the then number two Texas A&M Aggies, the then number three Oklahoma State Cowgirls, and the then uh, number eight Baylor Bears, which I guess, I mean, that's not so big, but still, boom, boom, boom. They also lost by only one point hosting then number two Georgia and only lost by two points to then number one Auburn. Well, not then, always number one, Auburn. And so it kind of makes me wonder, are they really that good? Now, we all know that riding at home is a huge advantage because you are more familiar with their horses. And I think Fresno State, either intentionally or unintentionally, is really benefiting from that effect. Uh, It stands to reason that the lower quality horses that you ride on, there are going to be more of these issues and idiosyncrasies with the horse that you're going to have to deal with on the ride. It also seems logical to me that if you had a team with a lot of lower quality horses, that your team is probably going to be much better prepared for all of these little quirks and tendencies that these horses are going to have. And your visiting team is only going to encounter the, that pool of horses once. And so it, I think it really gives you a significant advantage the lower the quality of the horse is at a home meet. Another thing to consider that people have, you know, maybe mentioned to me is that the quality of judges might be a factor as well. Because there aren't infinite number of judges at all quality levels, um, you know, that are available in an area and on a certain day and within a certain budget limit that your program can afford. So it stands to reason that if a program is challenged in one of these areas, they might have to default to using a lesser quality of judging staff at these meets. And when I talk about lesser quality, it's probably better for me to to say less experienced or less training or a lower degree of certification. Not necessarily that these are just terrible people, but uh, it's just that, you know, they might not have the experience or the training or the certification that other judges may have. It also stands to reason that if that judging quality is not at the same level that a team would expect at other venues that you could see some wildly inconsistent scoring being given out. And that might be similar to the type of scoring that you saw at Fresno, where five Fresno State riders set their personal bests on Saturday, four others set their season high records in addition to those first five. That's over half of their riders are out there setting season highs, And keep in mind, they have not had a bad season. This isn't like, oh, they're all bad riders and today they just rode really well. They've upset 
a number two team, a number three team. They took number two Georgia to the wire. And then here they are, and half of their team is still improving to such an extent that they're turning in record scores, all of them doing it on the same day. That is getting so much out of your riders. I mean, that's more than any coach could ever expect. It might even be a little too much, actually. Anyway, that meet is over and done with. That's just something to think about. And you know what? We're not going to have to face that again this season because, you know, we went and did that. We went through that gauntlet. We might see them in the national championship tournament, but again, they ain't going to have a whole pool of those horses and the judging at the national championship is going to be at the highest caliber that the sport can provide. So we'll keep an eye on those bulldogs, see how they do once they go on some road trips. My guess is that they ain't going to be upsetting too many teams once they get on the road. So there you go. That's all I'll say about that. So now let's take a quick look around the sport. A lot of meets starting up this weekend. Everybody was all excited to get back on the saddle. So uh, let's see. We've got uh, Sweetbriar. They went, uh, actually, they, didn't, they went to uh, South Carolina and faced in a, one of the little tri meet there, uh, South Dakota State. They faced them on Friday. Sweetbriar, um, oh, I got a little note here. Something that isn't exactly equestrian news. They have changed their logo over at Sweetbriar. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with Sweetbriar, but their old logo was really cool. I mean, it looked like something a superhero would wear on her chest. It's amazing. Well, they went and turned it and changed it, and now it's some bad Disney Fox knockoff. It's just dumb. So, if you run into some ladies from Sweetbriar, you know, be nice to them, but you kind of throw in a little word there that their new logo sucks. Anyway, back to Equestrian. <laughs> uh, the Vixens are better in flat than the Jacks Rabbits were, and uh, the Jack Rabbits were better in, in uh, fences than the Vixens were. And, but in the end, uh, Sweetbriar won that one four to three. So very evenly matched. They only did jump and seat over there. Um, so yeah, very evenly matched. Uh, then we had Delaware State traveling over to TCU. TCU's ranked number eight right now. Delaware State got two points. TCU took uh, 15. Not really competitive. TCU took almost every dang point. Then on Saturday, we have uh, Sweetbriar facing off against South Carolina. Again, this is just a jumping seat competition. Uh, Sweetbriar did take the MOP and fences, uh, but other than that, uh, it was almost completely South Carolina. They dominated. Uh, the meet went, went down. South Carolina 7. And Sweetbriar too. So, um, also South Dakota State faced off against South Carolina in and in a full meet, and South Dakota State took five points. South Carolina got fifteen. Uh, South Carolina won all the MOPs, so they won pretty easily. Um, so, yeah, but those are smaller schools that they're facing, and so you're going to experience that. Uh, Auburn did that same sort of thing, and uh, you know, registered the same sort of wins. So now let's talk about the other big meet that happened this weekend. Number three, Georgia, at number six, Texas A&M. Now, those rankings are the, the and I'm doing air quotes, official Farnham rankings for the, uh, for the, the NCA publicizes, and they're dumb. They're, they're wrong. Uh, they habitually rank Georgia too high, uh, and I think that's because some of the people who wrote on these had some daughters that went to Georgia. I'm not going to name any names, but if you listen to the podcast, I think you know who I'm talking about. And they perennially overrate Georgia, even though when Georgia and Texas A&M faced off last semester, uh, Texas A&M won. So, and if you know my rankings, the Auburn Elvis rankings, I put Texas A&M at about number two if they're having a good day. Well, they had a pretty good day. That was a barn burner over in College Station, Texas. They battled it out basically for the title of second best 
SEC team. I have been a lot higher on the Texas A&M bandwagon, bandwagon than I have with Georgia all year. Texas A&M was my preseason pick to win the SEC, or not win the SEC, to win the national championship. Yeah, that's right. I did pick them to beat Auburn. But, you know, I was, I've been wrong, and I'm glad to be wrong on that. Uh, so I'm high on the Aggies. Uh, the Aggies actually... Uh, beat Georgia over in Bishop. I mentioned that last semester. So Georgia was looking for revenge yesterday, and this meet was just darn crazy. Uh, it was uh, every every head-to-head ride was so close in the points, and the teams just traded points back and forth all day. Uh, they were tied five all at half. Uh, in the second half, they basically did the same thing. Usually, when you're looking at these scores being posted up, you know, in that first round, you can you can kind of see if a team is riding better than the other team because you'll have these clusters of higher numbers. And you can kind of say, okay, I bet they're going to get, you know, two or three of those points. And, you know, they might not get those. You know, I mean, you kind of see on that. But for that meet, no. It, it just every score coming up was within a point of every other score, no matter who wrote it. And so you're just like, all right, this is a dang toss-up. I have no idea who's going to win this. This is crazy. So I can only imagine for the folks who were actually in attendance, it must have been super exciting. So, yeah, there were no clusters in that meet. It was all just a frenzied mishmash of two teams that were very evenly matched and at the end they tied nine to nine and had to go uh into raw points and texas a&m ended up winning on that now i'm going to take another tangent here and i'm going to give a special shout out to tracy smith uh a mom of one of our riders who pointed out to me that tiebreakers when you do the raw score tiebreaker it is not just straight adding up all of the uh point totals from the rides now i know that jumping seat is on a different scale from uh the the western seat i knew that but since both teams are using the same you know two scales it should average out because both of you are getting the advantage what's the big deal well here's what the big deal is mathematically what it does is if you don't do a uh, formulaic adjustment to account for those different scale ranges you end up giving a lot more uh, prevalence to getting a lead or having a scoring margin in those jumping seat uh, points than the western seat so what you would probably have is everybody starting to put all of their riders into uh the jumping seat stuff and it would really overall probably harm the western seat rides just to give you an example of what i'm talking about mathematically assume that say that jumping seat had a 100 point scale so every score was based out of 100 and then say that the western had a 10 point scale now this is extreme they aren't that different but this is going to show you what i'm talking about now let's say i did a ride uh, in the jumping seat ride and I scored a hundred okay and then let's say you scored a 90 so the difference there is you are it's a 10% difference okay I've done 10% better than you now let's say that we are then riding a western ride and let's say I get a 10 and you get a nine. Now, that's that same percentage difference. I have beaten you by that same amount, 10%. But because the scales are so different, I have a 10-point difference from my jumping seat ride and a one-point difference on the western ride. So you see, if we added those points together, even though I percentage-wise beat you by the same amount, the points-wise is just really you know out of out of whack so they have a a formula that they run the western seat scores through to elevate them to where they're as if they were on the same point scale as the jumping seat so that's why you don't just add everything up thank you uh tracy smith for pointing that out and that was your your math lesson for today everybody all right upcoming meets so let's talk about the future 
next weekend, number one, Auburn, is going to be traveling to not number two, Georgia. Uh, Georgia is almost certainly going to drop in the rankings. Uh, so Georgia will be looking to get some revenge for the drubbing they received back in November at Auburn. Uh, now, the spin from all the Georgia people after that loss was that they did really well in Auburn, considering the adversity of the weather that they had to overcome, completely leaving out all the adversity that they did not overcome, which is them not being as good as Auburn. But there you go. As we saw in November, Auburn came off of a brutal road trip to Texas A&M the week before, but where they were able to get laser focused on the Bulldogs and just clean their clocks. I expect Auburn to do the same uh, after this week's trip out to California. Very tough road trip, but again, it's Georgia, our biggest rival in the sport, so I expect the ladies to be um, completely focused. I think you're going to see a lot of the little mistakes that we made on the road here and there. I don't think we're going to do that at Georgia. Now, Georgia, no doubt, uh, will talk about how their tough loss at A&M this week has helped them prepare for hosting Auburn. Uh, Great. Uh, I hope it has prepared you to get ready to lose to Auburn again. Um, I was going to parse through the Georgia-Texas A&M meet for numbers and trends, but there are no trends in those numbers. It is basically just a bunch of random numbers. There are no takeaways from that meet other than Texas A&M won and Georgia lost. So move on. So that's that's your primer, you know, for the Georgia meet. Basically, if Auburn shows up focused like they did in, in November, they will win. But if Auburn lets Georgia steal points here and there, then Auburn might lose. So, ta-da! That's basically it. Uh, the meet is at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern. So follow that. So we're back in the saddle again. Auburn Equestrian is heading into their toughest remaining road trip of the season. As always, you can follow Auburn Equestrian's live tweeting of the meet, and I should be live commenting on Twitter as well. That's it for this episode. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Thank you very much for listening. War Eagle and War Horses. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?